Hello everyone and welcome to the Rank Up Radio podcast, the world of fan selection. In fact, these are uh, very challenging times for uh, asset managers. The current situation made uh, the inflation to be less temporary that, uh, than most of us were thinking. My name is Carla Solera and I am the Investor Relations Specialist here at Grandia Pro Europe. Today, we are here with Mario Carvalho Fernandez, Chief Investment Officer at Banco Carregosa who is here today to cover the topic how fund selectors are navigating the current volatility of the markets. Um, Mario, thank you so much uh, for, be for being here with us today. Um, it is a pleasure to, to be able to speak with you. Hi, Carla. Hi. Thank you for having me. It's also a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. Um, Mario, are you based in, in Porto, right? Uh, yes, uh, uh, Banco Carregosa uh, is uh, a Portuguese uh, bank that is uh, uh, located, uh, its headquarters are located in Porto, uh, but we also have offices in, in, in Lisbon. But uh, uh, our headquarters and main services are, are based in Porto and I spend most of my time uh, mm -hmm. here in Porto. No, that's, that's amazing for me. I have to say it's one of the, the most beautiful uh, places uh, from Portugal. Um, I went there a few years ago and, and to be honest, I fell in love with, with the city. Yeah, yes, it's a, a nice city. I, I like to live here. It's a medium-sized city. It has everything you need to have quality of life, but uh, without the disturbances of the bigger city. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so, well, in this podcast, um, we're going to cover uh, Mario's fund selection process and the volatility of the markets. What is happening now, if we are going to experience a stagflation scenario, etc. So, Mario, before we start, um, would you like to tell us more about yourself, your background and how did you end up in this industry? Sure, Carlo. Um, I think uh, I... <clears throat> I'm in love by the investing uh, uh, and financial markets since my childhood. Uh, it was always something that interested me uh, since I remember myself. Of course, uh, I didn't start investing with 10 years, but uh, I was looking for the, the markets with my father. And uh, this was uh, always uh, an interest. That I had, and uh, it fits very well with my my personality. Uh, I'm a kind of analytical guy. I like puzzles. I like strategy, um, and uh, this area of financial markets and investing has it all. Uh, so it was uh, a natural process that uh, I choose uh, my education um, in the fields that can help me to to act in this field. So I, I study economics, I love uh, computer science, I did programming, I like um, finance, I like uh, <clears throat> to, to have uh, courses on uh, data analysis, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, statistics, uh, all these uh, tools that can uh, improve uh, our knowledge Uh, on the on state of the world and uh, uh, help us to achieve better investment decisions 
is a little bit what I have been doing uh, within my life. I, I, I love what I do and I do it uh, 24 hours a day because it's uh, my hobby and my job too. Mm -hmm. No, that's amazing uh, that someone can say that um, his job is also uh, his hobby. So congrats on that. <laughs> yes, um, I consider I'm very lucky to be okay. able to, to work in something that I really like. No, no, that's amazing, really. Um, so yeah, now let's continue. Um, I would also like to know, so how does a normal day as CEO at Banco Carrecosa and also how do you organize uh, yourself? Um, well, as a CIO, I, I have uh, different uh, challenges every day uh, and I have uh, different uh, objectives that I need to, to address. Uh, I have to be aware of, uh, about what, it, what is happening in the markets. So my first hour of the day normally is spent looking to the markets, reading the news and some articles to see what uh, is new on the market every day. Um, and uh, I say that probably most of my time is spent uh, uh, reading uh, and thinking about markets. But uh, then I also have uh, other parts of my day where I need to manage people, manage some processes, uh, have meetings on, uh, with the other directors and with internal and external uh, clients. And wow. I also spend some, some time uh, every week uh, talking uh, to uh, uh, media and press uh, to also share our views to the to, to the people uh, that uh, mm -hmm. want to, to have a, 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 a view about what we think about markets and our strategy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now, um, could you also uh, please tell us about your fan selection process now that you are talking about your your daily work at Banco Carrecosa? Yes, the, the, the fan selection process is a, a very important uh, uh, part of, of our uh, job here at Banco Carrecosa uh, because uh, most of our investment strategies are uh, based on uh, strategies that invest in uh, funds from third parties. We don't have our own funds, we have some managed accounts where we invest uh, directly on equities and, uh, and bonds, but uh, uh, as a, a, um, a private bank and uh, dedicated to wealth management, uh, the core of our activity is on the asset allocation of the assets of, of our customers. And we do it through uh, investments in the mutual funds from third parties. So this is a very important uh, process. I can see it like two layers. In first layer, we do the portfolio composition, that is a strategic view that we have uh, according to our macro top-down view. Um, but then we need to select the, the best managers in each of the asset classes that uh, we, uh, we want to invest in. This process, we, we try to improve it on an ongoing basis. So we, we all, are always uh, working on it, but uh, it uh, has two important pillars. 
we use uh, a lot of quantitative tools uh, to uh, try to differentiate the performance of the different managers over the past, try to uh, filter out the, the risk taking, the factors that each fund manager is exposed uh, along the time. And we also do a, a very strong due diligence on the, the management, uh, asset manager uh, the company and uh, on the investment process talking with the manager's team to understand uh, if everything that the manager says uh, is current with uh, the, the properties that we find on the numbers uh, of the performance of the fund. We usually uh, only look for funds with at least three years of uh, history, a track record, uh, because uh, that is the, the minimum size of track record that we consider to be enough to start doing some uh, quantitative analysis. Uh, and on, on that, that universe, then we will find uh, some screenings and uh, on the funds that may interest uh, us, we will go deeper and talk with managers and do the, all the qualitative work. Hmm. And um, Mario, now that we are covering um a bit of your fund selection process. Um, do you have any any red lines uh, when selecting a fund? <clears throat> yes, of course. We will try to um, uh, avoid any uh, any fund that uh, has in this track record any specific uh, misguidance that don't fit with the. the the quantitative uh, analysis that uh, we do, uh, <clears throat> but uh, uh, we um, we try to uh, to to select um, funds that have uh, investment process that uh, can be repeated. So uh, when we do our quantitative screening, the, we know that the process will give us uh, good good performance, good past performance. Um, and uh, from these ones, we need to uh, separate those that uh, achieve that uh, that performance by luck or because they did something well, but that is not repeatable in the future. Um, and these are, are the ones that we are trying to uh, separate from the, the, the managers that have a process that had give good results in the past, but they have a, a great probability that uh, being able to repeat them uh, again in, in the future. So our red lines is, is this, uh, this concept, try to uh, avoid uh, the fund managers that have a good performance in the past by a factor that uh, is not repeatable. Mm -hmm. And are there any sectors or themes that you would never invest in? <clears throat> this is an interesting question. Uh, I'll say that uh, you should never say never. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, of course, there are uh, uh, concepts and trends in the markets. So we need to be aware of it. We always choose our investments uh, regarding the the reward but also the risks involved uh, 
um, and uh, this uh, view uh, help us to avoid uh, some sectors or teams that are not uh, rewarding enough for the risks that are involved. Um, we can incorporate here the, the ESG uh, concept. In the past, uh, we always look for these um, uh, three factors to to measure the risks involved in each uh, investment. Uh, we don't um, don't have uh, um, any uh, any problem in, in investing in, in every sector, but after discounting for the risks that are involved. And uh, of course, uh, when there are uh, ESG risks, this is uh, almost uh, red flags. Um, so now let's change a little bit uh, the topic. Thank you very much for, for telling us, well, telling the audience uh, more about your role and, and how um, your selection process works. So thank you very much. Um, now, on the other hand, um, the current volatility um, and inflation environment are obviously challenging. So, how are you navigating the current inflation and volatility of the markets? Yes, Carla, in fact, these are very challenging times for asset managers. Um, the, the current situation made uh, the inflation to be uh, less temporary that, uh, than most of us were thinking. Mm -hmm. um, there are many causes that uh, now we, you can use to explain this, this situation, but uh, the reality is that. And we need to, to manage our portfolios dynamically uh, in order to, uh, to uh, adjust the, the risk profile of these portfolios to this new environment. Uh, with increasing in volatility and uncertainty, we need to reduce the, the risk uh, we are having in our portfolios. And um, in this environment where we start to see some risks to growth in the future, we also uh, need to adjust uh, our portfolios. Uh, I think in this environment, uh, the most important objective is to preserve the capital uh, and we need to be more defensive. Uh, it's, but it's not easy to find defensive assets when uh, most of the major asset classes are uh, losing value with more than uh, two digits uh, this year. Uh, bonds and equities are both uh, very negative this year. So there are uh, very little uh, spots uh, of capital protection. Uh, we have some airbags in our on our portfolio that uh, help a little bit to cushion the, this, uh, this volatility, like uh, some exposure to US dollar, uh, short-term bonds, uh, some exposure to uh, energy and basic resources that you, you, we used in the past to protect the portfolios against the risk of uh, greater inflation that expected. 
we identify that uh, if this scenario materialized, these two sectors should uh, perform well. So we had exposure to all these three uh, elements. Uh, it worked as an airbag. It, it didn't avoid uh, some capital losses, but uh, was accustomed to the to the volatility of the of the our um, portfolios. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you, Mario, for for your answer. So the probability of of a, a stagflation scenario has increased uh, significantly in in recent months. So. How would stagflation impact fund selection? Should investors be worried now or? I would say yes. Uh, stagflation is a very challenging uh, environment for everyone, including uh, the investors. Uh, low uh, growth and high inflation um, is unpleasant for uh, consumers, mm -hmm. is unpleasant for uh, the companies and of course for investors, for governors and central bankers. So this is a scenario that uh, no one likes and that's why I said that in this um, environment the most important issue is try to uh, preserve uh, the capital in real terms, which is uh, very difficult to do. Uh, we are not uh, for sure in a, in a stagflation scenario, but it's very, very probable that we'll face some kind of stagflation in the near future. And um, in these uh, situations, I say the, the, the process of fund selection is not uh, different. The, the macro view uh, the, the top-down approach for the asset selection it, it will give us different results in the scenario of stagflation um, we need to be more defensive and look for protection on uh, sovereign bonds inflation to uh, inflation linked uh, some uh, probably some gold although i think the, the time is not yet uh, correct for gold, but on on the future, we may consider some uh, precious metals exposure again. We did it in the past. We, we, we skip it uh, when we protect the portfolio against inflation. Um, but uh, now in a scenario of stagflation, uh, we may consider it uh, again. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Mario. And Based on that, um, which assets do you think will perform best during the second part of 2022, considering what we are talking now, so the current volatility of the markets, etc.? Well, um, I think uh, after the current um, correction of the market, I start to see some value in many risk assets on a medium-term horizon. Um, I would say that uh, six months ago, uh, every uh, risk premium was very compressed because uh, there was uh, there was no pessimism in the market, only optimism. Uh, I think now the, the the risk premiums are more balanced and uh, optimism and pessimism are more interesting for investors with a medium-term uh, horizon. Uh, 
I see some risks that in the short term, and short term is the next three, six months, we can still uh, be in a difficult environment. Probably we have better enter points for, um, for risking assets. And that's why, at least for now, I would recommend a more defensive approach, uh, looking for uh, capital preservation. I see some opportunities on short-term uh, sovereign bonds and even investment grade bonds, so quality of the assets without uh, interest uh, risk, without duration risk, I think is an interesting asset class for the next three, six months. Uh, and uh, for getting exposure to equities, I would uh, prefer to have exposure to quality names. Uh, comp companies uh, or strategies that are focused on uh, stable business with stable balances uh, with the pricing power uh, able to uh, to cushion the, the profit margins of the companies in this environment i think these are uh, some some of the main asset classes that we like to have in our portfolios and i was saying before uh, we are starting to look for uh, precious metals, mainly gold, uh, that can also uh, start to be compelling if we believe that uh, central banks in six months will have a difficult uh, decision to, to make. Should they uh, prevent uh, the unemployment to rise or they should commit to maintain uh, inflation at 2%. Uh, this will be a challenge. And if they choose to, to preserve uh, the full employment, it will be a, a good scenario for gold. It's uh, our, our, our thesis. And we are looking for the next developments to uh, start considering investing in these uh, asset classes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so now, uh, well, we are, uh, we are coming to an end. So, um, thank you so much for, for being here, uh, today, Mario, it was, um, as I said at the beginning, it was a pleasure, um, chatting with you and, and having you here. Um, also I hope that our listeners, um, have enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. So yeah, uh, thank you very much, Mario. Thank you, Carla. I enjoyed uh, talking about markets. I, as I said in the beginning, it's my, my passion. So I always enjoy to have a, a good conversation about this team. No, Thank yeah. you for inviting me. Yeah, thank, thanks to you for, for sharing um, your passion uh, with us. And for everyone listening, um, if you want to be up to date with the latest news within the asset management industry, Remember to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on social media. Thank you very much and have a lovely day, everyone.